Hello and welcome to Scopy Radio. My name is Daniel Johansson. And I'm Maureen Smith. And today we are joined by Sarah Pearson and Samantha Hannah Henson. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank um, you for having us. We're, uh, we are sitting in my mom's living room in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. Uh, Your mom has a very cozy living room. She cozy. does have a very cozy living room. <laughs> I feel at home. Yeah. yeah. No, this like is I like fall, fall asleep here in a good way. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I um I have been known to um fall asleep on this very couch many times, mm-hmm. which is I highly recommend falling asleep on the couch. It is a yeah. great couch to fall asleep on. Uh yeah. So um we are joining these two lovely ladies today uh to talk about their efforts in organizing the Wisconsin Women's March. Woohoo! Yay! Yeah. <laughs> so um, I would love. Um, I, I'm 98 percent sure that folks listening know what the Women's March is, but for that two percent, would you mind talking a little bit about what the Women's March is? Sure. So um, last year there was an election. Um, well, I guess it was like two years ago now. Yeah. I don't know if everybody knows, but... Um, it was pretty well advertised. Yeah, it was That's It was kind of on all Our, the news stations. Marketing was really good. Yeah. 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 We got to like, call their person. I mean, like, everybody knew about it. Yeah. But, um, everyone was going, but um, it didn't go the way most... Anyone does. wanted yeah, it It didn't to. go the way... No one wanted it to go yeah, that way. Yeah, I don't... I, I mean, there were some people, but... Um, so after that, after after the inauguration, um, women all over, or after after the election, I guess, there were some women who across the country who were like, we have to do something. We have to get out there. Like we can't, I can't just sit in my house or my apartment and like watch watch this take place and not like take mm-hmm. to the street and scream and yell or just do something about it. So um, it actually started with, there's a grandmother in Hawaii who is, I think, a retired attorney. And she was like, all right, Women's March. Like, I'm, I'm showing up in D.C. like the day after this goes down. And, like, I will take to the streets. And then um, there were some other women around the country who were thinking the same thing. So it was just this very organic movement that started. Um, women across the country had this idea and organized to make it happen. So... Um, there are just buses and planes and <laughs> trains going to D.C. And then people were organizing in their own states and their own communities as well. Um, I couldn't give you an exact number of how many people, but it was a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I was in D.C. Uh, the day of the Women's March. It was a lot of people. Wow. No, um, Daniel and I, we're, uh, we're both in Chicago. And I also can't give you a number on Chicago, but I know that um, as the... I was <laughs> I was one of the unfortunate individuals who very badly wanted to go but was scheduled to work during the time that it was no. happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but literally, like, you could not move in downtown Chicago, and I'm sure that was the case in Washington, oh, D.C. Yeah. as well. You were outside for a long time. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> I went to the march in Madison, actually, mm. because I was, like, 16, and there was no way my mom was letting me go to... DC. Um, so my best friend and I, um, we borrowed my mom's car and we drove uh, two hours to Madison. And parking was actually it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. But once we actually like got 
to like the center of the march um i mean there were thousands of women in madison um and it was one of those things where like we were marching and like we knew that we were marching but it was sort of like you moved like 10 feet in an hour because there were just so many people and like there was like nowhere to go um so but i mean it was just like seeing that many people there and all being like wow we all just are so angry you know Mm -hmm. and just like seeing how everyone was so frustrated with what had happened um and that like we were all there showing up for different causes um like there were people there with signs supporting like believing uh, climate change you know and there were people there you know with signs talking about abortion access and contraceptive access and that kind of thing so there were people just you know passionate about so many different things that were all there and that was, I don't know, that was cool. It was like my first time really going to an event like that. Yeah. I, um, I was at, in D.C. and I sort of, too, I had a very demanding day job. So I found a way and I was like, I think I can actually like make this work. So my sister and I, like I finished work, she finished school. Um, she's six years younger than me. And um, she had never been to New York. She had never been to D.C. So we got on a plane at like 10 o'clock at night got to New York at midnight, got on a, uh, got in a, like, we shared an Uber with, um, people we had never met, um, because we bought the tickets, like, I bought the tickets from somebody that I found on Facebook, like, literally, like, Venmo, oh my god, like, Venmo, Venmo you, like, $100, okay, I got your, like, Women's March bus tickets from New York to D.C., wow, like, wow. literally, and then we were, like, it was a group of four of us, so we had to, like, show up to the bus together, because the tickets were together, so... Wow. We met these people, like, we were in our hotel in, like, Midtown, um, like, we, like, they came from, like, the Upper East Side, picked us up, um, like, we all went to Brooklyn together at 2 a.m., we got on a bus, <laughs> and we went to Washington, D.C. together. I never heard this story. Wow. That's a good story. So it was, and, um, yeah, and then we were in, we, we did the march, we were in D.C. all day, and then we went back to New York, and then we flew back to Milwaukee. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. So do you- <laughs> I'm feeling really self-conscious about my Madison story now. Oh, it's like Sarah's like I trekked across God's green earth to get to that event. I mean, it was a last minute and like drove an hour effort. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I, in an ideal world we would have flown directly to DC. <laughs> but you know, yeah. Well, you made it work. You do what you got to do. Yeah. 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 Well, there was kind of there was uh your story had had kind of like a like an Odyssean like the, it was it was yeah. an odyssey like yeah. you had to mm-hmm. you had to conquer trials yeah. in order to get there. Actually, I I sprained my jaw on the way back. Um okay, this is weird. I got I got to work the next day and people were like um like did you did something happen at the march? Like are you okay? It's like Honestly, I fell asleep the wrong way on the bus, and I literally, like, I was so tired on the way home. Oh, my God. That um, I sprained my jaw, like, resting my face on my, like, knee mm. <laughs> in a bus. Wow. So, I would love to talk. Ch- so, since last year's Women's March, um, I'm interested in what, kind of, like, what has happened in your lives that led you to wanting to organize this year's Women's March. Um, because, you know, for instance, Samantha, you said that the last year's Women's March was your first time really at one of these political events. Mm-hmm. And in the past year, now you find yourself as one of the main organizers of 
the second iteration of that. And so I'm, I'm really curious, especially for you, considering that you're so young, um, like what has happened this year for you? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I guess, oh man. Um, well at the women's March in Madison, um, I remember looking around and being really inspired by how many people were there, but being really taken aback by just how white it was. Mm -hmm. It was like, everyone was like a white woman. Um, I really didn't see any people of color. I saw like one other hijabi and we kind of like nodded at each other. Um, but it was like, is that a thing? Oh, it's definitely a thing. It's like, it's like (laughs) if you see another hijabi, and there's no one else around, you're definitely like, I see you, girl. I see you. <laughs> it's, yeah, that's the thing. Um, unless they don't nod back, that's really weird and uncomfortable. <laughs> and because then you're like, Salam alaikum. And they're like, and you're like, oh, fine. That's fine. Okay. It's okay. Don't, don't worry about it, man. It's, yeah. Um, but so, yeah, I just remember like feeling um, like really out of place because there were, you know, like it was just, it was such like a white crowd. Um, and then afterwards, you know, people from the trans community and non-binary community came forth and were like, hey, you know, like these events weren't inclusive of us. And um, people from the uh, disabled community came forward and were like, we, like these events weren't accessible for us. Um, and then at the convention a few months ago, they took really, um, they, they went to really great lengths to change that. Um, and they had like over 50% of the people on the panels there were people of color. They had non-binary folk on the panels. They had trans women. They had, you know, a lot of people with disabilities there. Um, and so that was something that for me was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess I wanted to get involved in, you know, like in the political climate more and in advocacy more just because it, it wasn't really an option not to. Um, after the election and after Trump's campaign, really, um, there was just all this like anti-LGBTQ, anti-Muslim, anti-immigrant, um, anti-black rhetoric, um, going around that it was like, it affected me, it affected my friends, my community, my family, um, and so it's, it's one of those things when it's like, um, I didn't have the privilege to not get involved, um. I, there was a a woman who goes to the same mosque as I, and she was attacked walking home from prayer at like six in the morning. Um, And she was in the hospital for like a few days. Um, And so now my mom won't let me go to the mosque after like a certain time at night. So it's like, it was one of those things where it affected me directly and it affected, you know, everyone that I know and care about. And so um, I just kind of knew that I had to, you know, get involved. So I got involved with the state health department and with um, loveisrespect.org. And through them, I found Advocates for Youth, um, which is based in D.C. And um, then I went to the convention. I met Sarah and Kaylee, one of the other um, regional directors. Um, and we were just kind of like, hey, why don't we have a Wisconsin chapter? And... That'd be fun. Here it is. Here we are. <laughs> That's how it happened, folks. Well, and for for you, Sarah, um, before the Women's March, were you involved in political action? 
Sure. Yeah, I, I did some volunteering um, on the political campaigns in 2016. I was like, I can't not go knock doors. Like mm-hmm. the, the stakes are too high. I can't not right. make phone calls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was always sort of, um, I guess when I was in school and always like invested politically, but um, not like not to the extent where like I was weekly. <laughs> like yeah. finding myself standing outside like the courthouse with signs definitely and, oh my god um to the, to that level so mm-hmm. i mean i think the intensity um definitely grew mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. yeah i remember um i went to i went to one thing for bernie sanders where i went and then, like i knocked on doors for an afternoon and it was like maybe 3 hours and i just felt so like Yes, you know, like I'm, I'm an engaged yeah. citizen. Democracy, exactly, <laughs> and uh, you know, I, exactly. And now, now I'm, now I'm spending like forty hours a week on this, and yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, yeah, it's definitely, um, it's definitely up the stakes a little bit. Mm-hmm. No, I remember. Um, I, I grew up in a pretty political household. Like my dad took us, um, like in. 2004 when Russ Feingold was running like he took my brother and I you know aged 14 and 15 to like make phone calls for Russ Feingold and (laughs) like Russ showed up to our phone bank and it was like this big deal and oh yeah so I mean like I I can like very deeply relate to your experience of like being in high school and like Mm -hmm. you know doing you know doing the thing and just feeling that energy and it's yeah, and it's it's so it's cool to see that like younger women are getting involved and can make a really big difference. Mm-hmm. Like you are assisting in organizing a what turns out to be eight potentially eight thousand person <laughs> march okay. through town. Well, that happened in like two yes. weeks. Yeah, man, <laughs> Facebook. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah. god. So. Actually, I would love to talk a little bit about that, about um, kind of, you know, you, so y'all met at the convention mm-hmm. and can you tell me like how this event came to be? Like how you got to staring down the barrel of, you know, corralling potentially 8,000 people through downtown Milwaukee? Oh man. Yeah, sure. So <laughs> like... Where do I start with my Women's March story? Um, so after after the event in D.C. last year, obviously I wanted to continue being active. So there were several events throughout the year I participated in. And I think the one that for me just really stands out, like it was very memorable for me. I went to D.C. with Women's March and um, we marched from the NRA to the Department of Justice. Mm. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. I don't know if you were following this last year but um the nra released some pretty nasty videos um talking about protesters and mm-hmm. gun rights and those are things yeah. that just shouldn't uh <laughs> yeah it, but basically basically it was almost like promoting or encouraging violence against protesters um peaceful protesters yeah. like right like the women's march so great um one of our our leaders tamika mallory wrote an open letter to the nra and they released another video um, that was, you know, even even more intense. So they or we decided to organize and said, like, okay, people from across the country, like, if you can get here, we are marching from the NRA to the Department of Justice. And um, I was like, you know, for me, like, part of I mean, part of intersectionality, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you can't mm-hmm. you can't just come out when it's like 
the the big fun march. Yeah. So I was right. like, you Important. know what? Like I I need to go to this. Um, like we need to um, like stand with our leaders, especially like um, our leaders who are women of color. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were we were marching um, because of the NRA's attack on the leaders of the women's march um, who are women of color, and um, because. They refused to make a statement um, in support of Flando Castile, who was murdered, and he was a gun owner. Mm-hmm. Um, but that didn't seem to matter because it didn't fit their agenda. Mm-hmm. So um, we marched from the NRA to the Department of Justice, and when I went out and I did that march, I met a lot of the organizers um, who were on the national team. Um, so after having some conversations with them, I was like, hey, yeah, like, is there... Like, I, I didn't know anybody else in Wisconsin who wanted to go to this. Like, is there a women's march in Wisconsin? Like, because if there is, I would love to get involved. And they're like, you know, I think I think there might have been one. Like, I think there was something. I don't know. Like, we'll, we'll, like, we'll circle back. I don't know if they're, like, active. So I sort of um, exchanged emails throughout the year with the national team. Like, hey, like, I might organize the protest for this. Or I was, I was thinking about doing this. And so like, that's kind of how I got to know them. Um, so I made plans to go to the convention and like, I actually, like, I didn't have anybody else like going with me. So I literally was just like, all right, well, I'll go by myself. I like, I like doing things by myself. Um, so (laughs) I decided to go to the convention really with hopes that I would meet other people from Wisconsin who had, um, some of the same ideas or maybe who were, um, wanting to participate in something like that. And, um, while I was there, I signed up to take an Emily's List class because I was like, okay you know, maybe someday I'll think about doing this, like, running for office thing. Um, <laughs> maybe not yet, but um, that's where I met Kaylee and Samantha. So we were actually in a class together, and at the beginning of the class, it was, like, jam-packed. Like, yeah. No, like standing, on the room yeah. standing room only. Standing room only. So we were, we were there, and everybody went around and said, like, your name and where you're from. And Kaylee was like, I'm from Milwaukee. And I was like, I'm from Milwaukee. And she said she was from Milwaukee, and we're like, what are the chances that we're yeah. we're in Detroit at this class for women who are maybe interested in running for office that was someday? Like the most crazy and there thing are ever. three of us from Milwaukee, all in the same room, <laughs> and we don't know each other. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that that is how we met, and that's kind of how we started. Yeah, cool. That's so cool. Um, well, and so I'm interested. Um, you talked a lot about. You know, Samantha, you talked about how you noticed that there was a general lack of diversity at last year's Women March in mm-hmm. Madison, and you know, a, a lot of talk about you know your your um, attention to intersectionality in terms of your own personal protesting. Um, I'm interested in hearing the the efforts that you are bringing into the organization of this event in terms of intersectionality and inclusion, like from an organizational on the organizational end. Yeah, for sure. Um, So that's something that's been really important to us um, is that, you know, Women's March, um, it is an intersectional movement and that's something that separates us from every other, like, women's rights movement in history um, is that, um, at least for Wisconsin, um, over half of our leadership is women of color. Um, we're working on bringing on more non-binary and trans people, but um, what is it? We have three Muslim women yeah. on board. Um, we have like three, I think, indigenous women. Um, so like we have a lot of diversity on our board, which was something that was 
uh, important to us. Um, yeah. I, I yeah. mean, I think too that, I mean, what it is with intersectionality is that um, women's issues aren't just reproductive rights. Retweet. Or access to reproductive health care. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like gun violence is a women's issue. Yes. Immigration rights are women's issues. Mm-hmm. Trans issues are women's issues. Like they're issues that concern yeah. us. So we can't just come out when it's like the big fun thing or mm-hmm. when it's for reproductive rights. Like we need to yeah. show up for the dreamers. Like we need to show mm-hmm. up when our Muslim family is attacked like um so it's important that we understand that and when we um when we were planning this event we wanted to reach out to the communities that were affected by these things and ask like hey <laughs> we we heard that last year there were some opportunities um in terms of the way that it was organized and i think it all came together so fast and there were a lot mm-hmm. of white women involved in leadership and mm. we needed this year I think to reach out to to the mar- the most marginalized communities and say like what kind of event mm-hmm. do you want to see like what like what for you would make you want to go this year or feel comfortable going this year mm-hmm. whereas like last year you thought I don't know if that's for me like I don't know if this is the space that I would feel comfortable in and kind of across the board people said like you know women of color <laughs> Mm-hmm. have been doing the work in Milwaukee yeah. like women of color like these these are the organizations mm-hmm. that like have no choice mm-hmm. um but to go out and do this work um because these issues are like constant for yeah. these communities so they were like honestly like recognize recognize the work that we've been doing um and do that mm-hmm. by giving yeah. us the microphone and yeah. giving us your money mm-hmm. like and that, yeah. that's what we have to do it's it's not yeah. enough to say thank you to to women of color for consistently being the most progressive voting block in the mm-hmm. country. We need to thank women of color by putting women of color in leadership, by yeah. electing them, by following women of color, mm-hmm. and by using our wallets to show support. Yeah, for real. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really interested in uh, kind of the thing that's always interesting to me on, for like, especially for regional organizing, um, is when it when it's part of a national movement like this what what that dynamic can be like um i know one very specific aspect of that is it's interesting to me and this is something that i think that you all have done very well which is interesting to me that like with the women's march specifically like the national branch has always it seems like the leadership has is very much uh intersectional Mm -hmm. and has been and that was kind of a big part of the like kind of the core organizational force Mm -hmm. but i'm i'm there's kind of two parts to this question. Um, the first part being like, what do you think it is about like the women's march that let that intersectionality, like the 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 core of intersectionality, kind of fade, like as it as it kind of spread out and as as it reached out to like, because obviously like millions of people were were were, mm-hmm. or, were organized and marched, but what do you think it was about? the women's march that made it that when like leaving that moment like the narrative kind of got taken away from intersectionality at least for that like month or two after the women's march Mm -hmm. um but also i'm really curious about something we were talking about before we started recording is like what it's like to organize regionally and and some kind of some of the unique challenges and some of the unique 
um, benefits to doing that. I mean, like we were talking about how like there is like intense, uh, extensive communication through the folks organizing at each state Mm -hmm. level, which is amazing, which is Mm -hmm. like, that's what you hope for, you know? Um, so yeah, those are my, uh, I don't, I, Mm -hmm. I, am just so excited. I got like, here's all my (laughs) curiosities. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's been, it's been really interesting, um, organizing this event. Um, and for me, it's been really rewarding um, because we're in Milwaukee. Like we have such a high population of people of color, mm-hmm. um, and so to be organizing this event in Milwaukee, one of the benefits was that um, like we get to uplift and shine a light on all the women of color who, like Sarah said, um, have been doing this work for so long without. Um, acknowledgement on like a larger scale Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so i mean all all of our speakers um i think there might be like one white woman but i think all of our speakers are women of color Mm -hmm. um like again i think that almost all of our presenters at the wisconsin center are going to be women of color um Mm -hmm. just because and then we're gonna have like locally owned um women of color owned vendors there Mm -hmm. um and that's something that it's maybe harder to do on a larger scale in that like we're able to have like 10 or 15 women of color speak um, at the rally who all own like locally owned nonprofits and businesses and that kind of thing. Where at like a larger scale, you know, you have to pick like one person from Milwaukee as opposed to like 15. Yeah, and I I think too, part of it is that like what we have to do um something that linda sarsour who's one of the national organizers my we love mom. linda we love you linda mm-hmm. um <laughs> something that linda sarsour i've heard her say multiple times is that um like we weren't we weren't outnumbered we were out organized yes. like that that's what happened there Why are more perfect? of us than them there are more of us than them there are so we have to i think like when we're starting a new group that sort of has this like this name and this logo and this like kind of branding that people recognize and follow is that like we have to be careful about like not duplicating efforts um and recognizing the fact that there are a lot of people who've been working on a lot of the same issues that Mm -hmm. women's march is working on for a long time Mm -hmm. so like what can we do to support the groups who have been doing this work and how can Mm -hmm. we say like let's take the following that we have and like put them to work for you. Mm-hmm. Like how can we partner with you to like make this thing happen? Mm. So I think mm. that in terms of like what we're looking at the next year, I mean, in Wisconsin, um, 2000, 2016 versus 2012, 91,000 less people voted. Mm. 41,000 of that 91,000 were in the city of Milwaukee. It's like we have our work cut out for us um, in terms of like voter registration voter and combating voter disenfranchisement mm-hmm. um, in this city and in this state. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we have to be very intentional about the way that we're organizing, uh, making sure that we're reaching out to these groups and that we're really mm-hmm. sort of maximizing mm-hmm. um, are following and working together in an effective way to make sure that like we're winning in 2018 yeah. we're gonna win we <laughs> like, are we, ha- we have to we win. definitely are so yeah, that's for sure. we we have to um like build you know build that following and you know work together now um to ensure that that's something that can happen yeah for sure and i mean okay like L- L- linda sasar is just i think she's like the most 
perfect human being that's ever been created but that's just me <laughs> but um <laughs> but um I mean I love that quote from her because I mean it's just it's so true something that's just been incredibly frustrating for for me and Sarah and everyone else who's been organizing this event is just the pushback that we've gotten from certain segments of the feminist community mostly being white women mm-hmm. um and I mean, this is why we talk about like showing up for stuff other than just like abortion rights. Cause like, yes, those are crucially important, but mm-hmm. I mean, if everyone showed up for like the dreamers right now, or if they showed up for, um, you know, like, like victims of gun violence and police brutality, mm-hmm. I mean, like, can you imagine how much quicker these things would be solved mm-hmm. if yeah. we had, you know, all of these women who were complaining about how like we you know like, like we're like reverse racism you know like if, if, if there's all no of, such thing as reverse isn't. racism it's not real there's no such thing as reverse racism there's Say no such me. thing as reverse racism <laughs> yeah like if That's in weird. order for racism to exist there has to be a system of oppression in place white people are not oppressed are there's not. no such thing as reverse it racism thank you the, by the way, just Retweet. so you know, in quotes, there's no such thing as reverse racism is going in our episode description. Like we talk about organizing the Women's March, blah, 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 blah. And there there's is no, no such, such thing, thing as reverse racism. Yes, there we go. Yeah. But like if all of those women claiming reverse racism right now were showing, like, like had showed up to the NO, uh, N- Oh Lord, NRA two G O day NRA to D O J. I can't say talk. that ten times fast. <laughs> no, I won't. Um, <laughs> like if all of those women had showed up to that, or had showed up to the Day Without Immigrants March protest. last night, or the tax, pro- yeah, don't we even got get, arrested. Don't twice. even get me started. <laughs> Lord Almighty, um, <laughs> but yeah, you got like, arrested twice at the tax protest. Yes, in we got arrested together. Yeah, it was That's lit. so cute. Yeah. It was. It was. That was actually my 18th birthday present from my mom was that she let me go and get arrested with, with the knowledge that I was going to get arrested. Mm. I don't know how I talked her into that, man. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's an, I, I'd yeah. love um, to kind of touch on that a bit because I know I have some uh, understanding of what like kind of direct action protests or uh, practices rather mm-hmm. um, can involve. And I think that is something that I think a lot of people don't realize that um, like the idea of the state practically arresting protesters is so much a part of it that Mm -hmm. protesters that 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 there is kind of a i'm actually i'm gonna stop i'm curious for you (laughs) if you could talk a bit i'd like to hear it for in your words kind of what what that's like yeah well i mean first that was the most empowering thing i've ever done in my whole life really um i mean that was it was just like it was an it was an incredible experience Mm -hmm. um you know getting arrested but then um i was also arrested so we were arrested in what was it the senate building i think you were arrested in the senate building i I was arrested in the senate office building um at jeff flake's office yeah. You were arrested and then, in the Senate. Yeah, yeah, then, yeah. My my, my second time like getting in arrested the Senate, like, um, in the chambers. Yeah, yeah. in the chambers. Yeah, like they, they were voting. Senate. Yeah, we sat in there for like <laughs> for like six hours. Like guys. they were casting. It was ridiculous. They were casting votes. Okay, when when they talk about debating in Congress. You know how like on C-SPAN, like they show you the like the the super close in image of Bernie Sanders going off on somebody mm-hmm. or you know whoever else is going off. Um, there's no one else there. Mm. Like it's just Bernie or Ted or 
whoever is talking. Like, there's no one else there. So it's just the most long, drawn-out process in the world. And so we were sitting in there for, like, six hours. It is for the cameras. It's for the rich old men watching C-SPAN. And I I don't know, maybe, like, the 40-year-old weirdos that also like C-SPAN? I mean, who likes (laughs) C-SPAN? But... I kind of like C-SPAN. I was watching C-SPAN that day. <laughs> I mean, that, oh, wow. that night it was it was fascinating. Dang, did I did I offend people? No, 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 no. no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I think I, I think like 364 <laughs> out of 365 days, nail on the head. But yeah, yeah. like yeah. okay, so maybe those, not that. Like certain yeah. days. I mean, um, like we found out that we found out that this action was taking place. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, like both of us followed the national chapter. Yeah. Both of us follow Linda Sarsour on social media. <laughs> so yeah. Linda posted a Google Doc like, "Hey, it was really great. Are you free these days?" Do you mm-hmm. want to come to DC? Like, are you willing to participate in civil disobedience? Mm-hmm. And us being who we are, yeah. constantly texting, we're like, hey, did you see that thing that Linda just posted? Yeah, it was go? really funny. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, um, we went. So we, yeah, we sure um, got on a plane, we went to DC. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Shout out to CPD Action yeah, and Housing Works. Yeah, shout they out paid to CPD it. Action and Housing Works for helping us out with that. I was actually going to ask, like, with, with going back and forth, I, I want you to finish your story, mm-hmm. but, like, just. The logistics of oh. going to DC. So oh, often. don't These Molly. Molly Sandley is an angel on earth. She is the one that coordinated everyone's flights. And like, yes. like, okay, so I was, okay, so I went back for court last week. Um, cause okay, so so when you get arrested in Congress, it's a misdemeanor versus getting arrested in like an office building is just yeah. like a like it's a literal Post traffic violation. Yeah, yeah. So when we got arrested in the office buildings, that was like a three hour yeah. thing, and you gave them fifty dollars and you were gone. Um, when I got arrested in Congress, it was a misdemeanor, so we like were actually processed, and for the most part, everyone was out fairly quickly. It was like maybe like six hours, but because they didn't know what my scarf was, so it took them like literally the whole night. Like like we we were proce- like we got brought in at like twelve thirty in the morning, like a little after midnight, and then I didn't get released until like eight or nine in the morning. Because they just had no idea how to take my mugshot with my scarf on. And, yeah, don't even make me started. But, um, but so, yeah, but so it's a misdemeanor when you get arrested in Congress. And so I had to go back for court last week. But it was the week before my exams. And so I was like, okay, Molly, so, you know, like, in and out would just be awesome. You know, like, the latest flight out there and then the earliest flight back the next day. And, I mean, I must have emailed her, like, 35 times in the course of like 12 hours Mm -hmm. like trying to coordinate my flight and everything Mm -hmm. i mean oh my gosh molly is just yeah i I don't know like why would she volunteer to do that uh, because she uh, she's amazing she does yeah (laughs) (laughs) and she has has incredible patience (laughs) and she has incredible patience so i mean these these groups really worked hard and did a ton of fundraising around the country um to bring (laughs) to bring some brave people to DC. Um, but I mean, we were literally, <laughs> yeah. we were, we were doing this action. We were with people from Arkansas, from Arizona, um, from a lot of these states California. that, um, would be really critically affected, mm-hmm. um, by the, by the tax bill. So they, um, it was women's March was sort of, um, working with them to get the word out and yeah. get people to DC. So, um, like we wound up, we flew into DC, we stayed mm-hmm. in a church, um, the first, first time, time yeah. um, like on the floor weird. on air mattresses that people Sleeping donated. Bags. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like we met new friends while we were there. Sure and now like I literally made probably 60 Facebook friends that weekend. Yeah, for real. Um, because, like, dude, my, my Insta following just yeah. skyrocketed. <laughs> but, it was, <laughs> but it was, I mean, it was, it was um, a pretty, pretty incredible that they organized to be able to do that. Yeah. And um, I really, um, it was a lot of disability rights 
activists because mm-hmm. the cuts to Medicare and Medicaid um, that stem from this uh, tax, which is actually a health care bill. Yeah. Um, it's actually a health care bill when you consider that. Um, that stem from this are like deadly. I mean, yeah. absolutely deadly. Mm-hmm. Um, we were there with... Uh, with and that's not hyperbolic. Yeah. Um, Addy Barkin, he was in the video of Jeff on a plane where he yeah, was on yeah, the same Flake's flight with... Plane. Yeah, with, uh, with, with... He was on the... He was on a plane with Senator Jeff Flake mm-hmm. um, and he saw him and he begged him to vote no on the bill because... Mm-hmm. Um, He's not gonna be able to pay. He's not. He has ALS, and he's not gonna be able to pay for the medical equipment that mm-hmm. he needs to stay alive for the next year. Um, and I mean, it was just heartbreaking. Um, he had his what two-year-old son yeah. with him and his wife. Um, and there was another mother, I think, the following week, um, whose son is like 15, I think, mm-hmm. um, who's in a wheelchair. I think he has cerebral palsy. And she just broke down at one point when Senator Moran shut the door on her on her face. Yeah. Um, he said, uh, "Here, come around to the other door, and we can talk in there." She went around to the other door, and he locked it. He was such an effing coward. Like I don't know if I can swear on on podcast. Oh, you can, oh, you can absolutely oh, swear. Such. We need to make up for that. <laughs> coward. Like it was just. It was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my yeah. life. I mean, and it was. I. I have like. Um, so I had gone to the Senate. We went to the Senate together, and mm-hmm. we had fully planned on like both getting arrested, and like we kind of. It was it was weird because the way that the protest happened kind of wasn't the way that you know we thought it yeah. would in our heads. Um, that we'd all sort of like do this thing and like in groups or whatever. Um, like you went first and you got arrested, and I like I honestly feel like there was a reason, like I I chose not to that night, and it was almost because. I needed to like observe what was happening yeah. and um, like we were there for like six seven hours right so um, for people who don't know what it's like going into Senate if you uh. if you get a pass to go into the Senate or into the house you can go and you can watch what takes place but there are very specific rules so you go through like airport style security twice yeah. um, they pat you down they like if you have tissues in your pocket you take them out like yeah. the only thing you can have in your hand is like the booklet that they give you when you go into the Senate. Mm-hmm. You can't have anything else with you. You can't read. You can't doze off. You can't put your feet up. I mean, I like, witnessed... I think it's literally purgatory. Like, yeah, I think that that is what purgatory it, it is, is like. Um, it's so strange. Can you have your phone? No. no. You don't oh. have your phone. You have nothing. Huge. Uh-uh. No, no. No. They, nothing. I mean, they take everything. I mean, literally. I, you just go in in your clothes. That's, that's pretty yeah. much it, honestly. Um, so we went in and... It's like they actually have people who are you're you're watching and you're not that far away from the Senate and it's fascinating especially for political junkies like me you're like oh oh my god yeah. like that's like John McCain just walked in like, yeah right Kamala no. Harris just walked in yeah. oh my god oh my god I was um, so but I'm like fangirling and I can't do yeah. anything about it exactly. um, because you're not allowed to make like, expressions you of, can't smile um, you can't laugh yeah, you can't make expressions can't of approval or disapproval it's crazy um, so th- you're sitting there and you're watching it happen. And there are people who are watching you watch it happen. Yeah. And they're basically policing your reactions. It's very judgy. Yes. Mm. Wait a minute. Judgy. So this is for folks who are interested in watching votes happen? Yes. Yes. So, um, so like you're, you go in and you sit down and they sort of, you sit here, you sit here, you sit here, you sit mm-hmm. here. You're sitting down and you're not allowed to make any noise. You're really not allowed to do anything. So we mm-hmm. were sitting there and like, thank goodness I wore my watch. Um, 
Otherwise, like I would have been, because you you don't have your phone, you don't know what time yeah. it is, and it's it's, it's like such a weird thing, um, because we got there at like six p.m. Like they voted close to one a.m. Mm-hmm. So like I didn't like I think I left to use the restroom once, and that's it. Like I was sitting there the yeah. entire time watching them like talk about the bill, yeah. um, <laughs> or give speeches about the bill to the C-SPAN to camera. C-SPAN viewers. So I mean, <laughs> in this in this process. Um, I think the way that it happened, I think, was more meaningful or more effective, like, the, just the organic way that it happened, because, like, you stood up, like, you got arrested, and you are yelling, like, kill the bill, don't kill us. Mm-hmm. But then after that, like, instead of, like, groups of people sort of, like, in, in tandem um, protesting, like, people were springing up, and they were sharing their healthcare stories, and it was, like, absolutely heart-wrenching. Mm-hmm. And the thing that, to me, was the most disturbing is... Um, like these GOP senators, they casted their votes and they were like, you knew, like I could feel like I just, like my spidey sense, like the day of, like I just, like I had this sick feeling that I knew that it was going to pass. Yeah. And um, like I was sitting there and watching them sort of like smiling and like patting each other on the back and like shaking each other's hands. And um, like you got arrested and like there were three, I think three people in your group and you were gone then. But um like this man stood up and I had I had talked to this man who was with our group um, mm-hmm. earlier in the day and he like we were all waiting to get into the house we didn't get into the house which is why we even went to the Senate in the first place um, and I remember him telling me he's a cancer patient um, yeah. and he he um, like had his anti-nausea pills in his pocket and he was telling me the story about how he like accidentally spilled them and how he was like picking them up off the floor in the house and I just like I could just like I picture that in my head because it just like makes me feel like ugh, like you're in this place and you're like surrounded by all of these like all of these people who are so wealthy and like so famous and mm-hmm. they're walking around and like here you are like waiting waiting in line for hours like traveling hours mm-hmm. waiting in line for hours sleeping in a church like overnight um, like on an air mattress on the floor. And, like, going to see this just so you can, like, catch a glimpse of an elected official for just, like, just a moment in time. So, like, he stands up and he was saying, like, you know, have you no dignity? Like, have you no shame? Like, Jeff Flake, listen to Addie Barkin. Like, Susan Collins, save Medicare, save Medicaid. Like, you have the power to do this and you won't. And they're carrying him out of the Senate while he's saying this. This is the man um, who has cancer. And, like, for me watching that, I was just, like... I mean, it was it was obscene because the geo the the Republican members of the Senate who were watching this happen were laughing at him, like literally looking up at the Senate gallery, watching him get carried away, and they were like pointing and laughing. And I think for me personally, like that was the moment in my head where it's like, I don't want to like give you the opportunity to like laugh at me, like. I was so I was so mad and I felt like maybe the reason I was still there and I decided not to stand up is I was like, oh no, I need to watch this happen so I can tell people like exactly who it was. It was like it was Lindsey Graham, it was um, Senator Cassidy, it was Ted Cruz, and it was Senator Tim Scott, and like I will remember that forever because I remember their faces looking back and laughing um, while it happened. Are they up for election this year? Um, Ted Cruz's. Yes, Ted Cruz's. That motherfucker is. I, you can say it. Bitch is going yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, it, it, like, it was just the fact that they were, 
they knew like they know what's happening like they know what's happening and they're telling people like lies mm-hmm. they're feeding people lies about what's going to happen Ted Cruz that was the most disgusting thing i've ever yeah. seen in my life he's standing there he's giving this fake impassioned speech to C-SPAN and he's talking about homeschooling and about how this tax plan will make it easier for um for moms and some dads but you know mostly women you know um um, for them to homeschool their kids. Did he say that? He oh, he literally did, and everyone in the gallery kind of looked at me like, "Yeah, the fuck it, did he just say?" Yeah, and then he goes, um, he brings up kids with disabilities, and how it's going to be harder for them, and they aren't going to be able to get homeschooled if this bill doesn't pass, and how the Democrats just want to make it harder for kids with disabilities to learn. And I'm like, there have been people all week telling you that they will die if you pass yeah. this bill and you're going to stand down there and you're going to tell me how the Democrats mm. are just trying to hurt kids with disabilities. Yeah. And we all just looked at each other because I mean, I was, ev- like I think almost everyone there had some form of a disability. Mm. And we were all mm. sitting there and just looking at each other like we just couldn't believe that he had yeah. the fucking audacity to say that. I like... At that moment in time, like, we'd sort of planned, like, no, I, I want to stay and, like, see the vote on this bill. And, like, we were going to, like, protest during the vote. But, like, at that moment, I was like, hold me back. Yeah, right. Hold, hold me back. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah. yeah. So we, we were there with CPD Action. And so Paul had sort of, you know, he sort of, like, like given me guidance about, like, what to do because this was my first time. Mm-hmm. Not last. Disrupting Congress. Yeah. And, we'll Yeah. <laughs> We'll be back. Um, yeah. And Watch so, out. you know, he had told us, you know, just like, you know, like when there are the most people on the floor, you know, and you feel like it's a good moment, you know, to stand up and just start chanting the same thing. So I didn't know that people were going to like start sharing their healthcare story or anything like that. So I thought we were just supposed to like, like stick to the script and, you know, like kill the bill, kill the bill, don't kill us, that kind of thing. Otherwise, it, I would have had some really floral language. Oh, yeah. I would have. I mean, it mm, just. I would have like, gone off on some people. It, Rub me the. I mean, he just rubs me the wrong way in general. I think he he's just a lot gross. Of the wrong way. He just his face just yeah looks irritating. And, and then every time words come out of his face, it's yeah. just even. Well, worse. I mean, also he's the Zodiac killer. Exactly. So. exactly. But he like he I just picture him to standing over kids with disabilities. The thing that the thing that like got me like really made my blood boil because I have like Japanese heritage. Um, that um, my dad's side of the family and he like referred to this whole like the democrats and the people who are protesting as kabuki theater like it was a derogatory like like it's it's like a slur like it's with derogatory meaning and that was when i just wanted to jump up like just get our get our words out of your mouth like Mm -hmm. you don't you don't get that (laughs) honestly i feel like at that point like watching all of these senators stand up and talk about things that were completely beside the point like we like we weren't talking about people being homeschooled like that that's not what this bill is about it's about mm-hmm. taking money from people who actually need it for health care to stay alive mm-hmm. so that they can you know not go bankrupt over you know medication and giving it to people who have billions upon billions of dollars yeah. stacked away in their freaking private jet yeah, and, like and, the- and 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 then everyone was talking about just like, like they were trying to make it about other things and it was just disgusting. I mean, um, Barack Obama talked about, who was it? I don't remember who it was, but it was a senator who said, um, you're entitled to your own opinions, you're not entitled to your own facts. Mm-hmm. And all of these people were just making up 
their own facts about everything and you know talking about how many americans wanted this bill to pass and you know these people were standing literally (laughs) and these people were standing down there in their thousand dollar shoes while there were people up here that needed a ventilator to live so that he could see his son's third birthday yeah or like literally a feeding tube yeah yeah and anti-nausea medication so um i i i am my blood is boiling through through these stories but i i do i i very much want to get back to oh yeah the women's march took no. a little bit of a detour no no, no, no. <laughs> like so like such a valuable tent like tangent yeah. and yeah. like i'm so glad that we were able to talk about that i am interested you mentioned that there were going to be speakers at this event yes i would love to hear about who like what organizations and you know what movements are being represented who you know individual you know individuals who are planning on attending this event who they can look forward to seeing speak oh yeah we have we have a lot of really awesome people um i was actually i was the one communicating with most of the speakers um for the rally and for the um presentations at the wisconsin center um which i've been calling the milwaukee center all week which is really embarrassing um but you know no big deal um yeah i mean that's what i'm saying um (laughs) one of of the same (laughs) yeah exactly i mean everyone knew what i was talking about so it's fine um but yeah we have women talking about all sorts of different things. Um, we have Davette Baker, who's actually on our board now. Mm-hmm. Um, she's going to be speaking about mass incarceration and how that affects women of color, and yet women of color are you know, seldom talked about when we talk about mass incarceration. And women with disabilities. Yes, 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 yes. She's a, yeah, she's a huge disability activist, and that's awesome. Um, we have a few different women talking about family violence. Um, mm-hmm. Alice Belcher is going to be talking about family violence through the lens of um, being a woman of color and being a woman of faith. Um, oh my God. Right. Like there's just, there's so much there that I'm, I'm so excited to watch her presentation. Cause we were, we were talking about it on the phone and I was like, okay, so we're going to keep this short, you know, like 15, 20 minutes, let's go. And then like 45 minutes later, I was like, Oh no girl, I hear you. Yes, yes, yes. And it was just like, it was such a great conversation that we had about, um, you know, like faith being manipulated to justify this kind of crap. Um, and, yeah, we have uh, we have a few Senator Lena Taylor. Senator Lena Taylor, she's mm-hmm. going to be there. We have um, uh, crap. We have, but there are a few women that are either running for office yes, or that um, are Seekers, holding local she's office for the first time. Mm-hmm. Will be joining us. Yeah, and uh, uh, there. Oh Lord, there was one other. Except I don't have my list with me right now. Yeah, we have a we have a lot of people, and I think um, one yeah. of the things that is really important to us that we wanted to highlight and what we're going to close our rally with is. Um, we're having Colleen Kennedy, mm-hmm. who's an indigenous rights activist and a yes. water protector, um, talk about um, native rights issues. And mm-hmm. I think that's so important because it's often um, an issue that gets really overlooked. Yeah. Um, so she's also giving a presentation at the Wisconsin Center. But um, oh. we decided this year that we would encourage people to, like, if they can, um, come and wear red because red mm-hmm. is the color that symbolizes um, support for missing and murdered indigenous women. And that's yeah. an issue that is so so overlooked um yeah it i mean the fact that in in a lot of instances i mean these women are not seeing justice because our our criminal justice system is not set up in a way um that protects them Mm -hmm. and protects anyone of color and it's something that um needs to be kind of centered in our event Mm -hmm. yeah so we've decided to make that a focal point and um 
Colleen is going to, I think, be be a great uh, speaker for those issues. And I'm really excited that um, she's agreed to come and do that. Yeah, for sure. Two things kind of building off of that. Um, so we have like a woman of color uh, Milwaukee chat group that we've been doing a lot of this coordinating through. Mm-hmm. Um, if you uh, hear like phones buzzing, am I like? Uh, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. That's mine. I didn't but, like, turn it off. Can you guys hear in that? No, I mean, no. I think that okay. it's like ordinarily I'd be like, but considering that you two, along with your you know feather co- fellow coordinators, are organizing an event that is happening on saturday that like you know is is you know will involve thousands of people i don't care okay <laughs> like i i think i in fact i think it's cool so yeah, like it's too. totally fine okay great yeah I, I heard my phone buzzing a little earlier and i was like oh shit it's but, okay um, don't worry about it but so we were talking in that group earlier and colleen mentioned that she felt like um we weren't really centering native rights and so we you know like it's it's really easy to get caught up you know, in organizing and trying to get fundraising and that kind of thing that we had overlooked it. We, you know, we, we were like, well, we have a presentation happening at the Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Center. Um, so, you know, we're set. Um, and she was like, but I feel like, I feel like um, I'm being overlooked here. And so me, Devette and Sarah, we, we were like, well, okay, what can we do to fix this? Like, what can we do to center you? Um, and she was like, you know, I'm not really sure right now. Um, and I was like, you know what, that's fair. Like, it shouldn't be on you to figure out how we can do a better job at this. Um, and so then Devet and I were talking later. Um, and Devet had, like, the best suggestion I've ever heard in my life. And she was like, why don't we have Colleen be, our, like, our closer at the rally so she'll have, you know, an audience of thousands of people and she can be kind of like our, like, uh, like the the big the big end to the rally to you know send people off um to the day of action and i was like that is an incredible idea and that's what we're gonna do so mm-hmm. that's sort of how um that ended up being yeah, and w- that we are going to wear red as well yeah and mm-hmm. that's sort of also um i that f- f- last year like the pussy hats were such a big thing that were also so problematic mm-hmm. so i feel like having something oh the pussy oh, hats. That, it's the time to talk about it now. Oh, it is. <laughs> it is. This conversation's happening. Yeah. So, okay. So, you know how um, reverse racism is not a thing is going to be in your yeah. subject line? Let me right. say it one more time. There is no such thing as reverse racism. <laughs> there we go. You hear there it? is no there such thing as reverse racism. <laughs> I love there it. is no such thing as reverse racism. Mm-hmm. There we go. That's that's going to be my epitaph. Um, <laughs> because, really, really, because I swear to God, it is it is the white women that are going to kill me. I never um, want to. I never want to picture this. But if something were ever to happen to you, I will vouch for the fact that you said that. <laughs> yeah. Right. No. Like, like you're being recorded you're, right you're, now. You're sitting there with my mom, and my mom is going, "No, that's I'm not having that on my daughter's gravestone." And you're going, "No, no, really, really." That's what she wanted. she wanted this <laughs> go but, um, here go to scabby mag at itunes right go and you minute, can you know you whatever. can hear it yourself um lord what was i even talking about man pussy um, hats pussy hats yes um, not all women have pussies not all yes. people with pussies are women and mm-hmm. not all pussies are pink yes like the problem with the oh my pussy God. hats yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's and the thing yeah. the thing is, um like, I mean, like I didn't even realize that like the first time I saw it. Like it like I literally thought like, oh well, like like that's super cool because you know, of like what Trump had been saying about grabbing women by the pussy. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, okay, I get it, I see you. I thought it was really neat. And then at the convention there was a workshop called Not All Women Have Pussies and Not All Pussies Are Pink. Mm-hmm. And I was like, 
whoa. And it was like this like eye-opening moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it's it's something that for people who are cisgender and who, you know, like have like light skin tone, I mean, like I am super pasty. Like I am white, white, white. Um, and so like those are things that I have never thought about as a cis white person. Um, and you know, but like it does, it, it associates genitalia with womanhood, mm-hmm. with with womanhood, with white womanhood, and yeah. and yeah. The thing too is I, obviously like there are a lot of people who've come out and like, well, it's like a unifying thing, and like that was a symbol of that day. The Mostly thing is, like, cis white women. When the most marginalized groups tell you that something mm-hmm. bothers them and offends them, mm-hmm. like just don't. It's it's a hat. Just, just do so, it. So like we've just encouraged listen. we've encouraged people. You know what? Like if you want something unifying, like something we can all get behind, is our support for missing and murdered indigenous women. Mm-hmm. Like that's something that we can all support yeah. and that we sh- all should support. Mm-hmm. So like we're encouraging people to wear wear red. And mm-hmm. I know like there are going to be people who want to we're wear their pink hats, wear the pussy hats. But I mean, we just we just ask like think think about it. Like mm-hmm. read you know read some of the articles that we've posted. Read some of the things that people are saying about it. And we talk about, like, listen to women of color, follow women of color, mm-hmm. listen to the most marginalized groups. When the most marginalized groups are telling you that it's yeah. problematic, just accept the fact that it's problematic. Yeah. And just make the make the choice not to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's ironic that, like, we have a lot of people that are starting to embrace, you know, the, like, like follow women of color, mm-hmm. you know, listen to women of color, like, let women of color lead but then when it comes time to actually do that, yeah. you know, like everyone is a but, fan of intersectionality until yeah. it comes time to actually be intersectional, you know? Um, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, not every, you know, black woman or woman of color, you know, thinks that. Yeah, it's like, well, like, well I, no, of I course not everyone. Friend, but they said that um, exactly. they wore the hat. It's like, and I was like, great. Okay. That's, so, so there are, you know, all of these women of color activists that are saying no. But, I mean, okay, yeah, sure, since you're one black friend. Your coworker says it's fine. Exactly. So. Right. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, it's just, I think that it's, at the end of the day, like, as a unifying symbol, like, I think it's important that we choose a unifying symbol that represents um, the groups that yeah. have traditionally not been represented mm-hmm. in large actions like this. Yeah, for so sure. So that's why we've asked people to wear red instead. Yeah. So, we have come, to, it has come time to wrap up. Yeah, like, she's just, like, really? falling asleep on the couch. Yeah. Like, Sorry. I was, this, I was just getting started, man. <laughs> yeah. Now we're all, like, yeah, I know. I it's, go. like, it's, it's wild how it's fast, yeah. you know, impassioned discussion can yeah. go. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll um, take this energy into the night Push all night forward. as we continue to plan this march. All-nighters, man. Oh, I'm, so, I'm, I'm so glad that we were able to give you that gift. <laughs> um, so the last thing that we do um, at the end of every episode is give you the opportunity to plug something that's coming up. Um, in some cases, it's fairly obvious, like an event happening on Saturday. But, you know... My birthday's in less than a month. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and, you know... Yep. <laughs> but, um... You can also, you know, plug people that are doing dope work, you know, organizations who are really doing the thing, Um, you know, any media that you're consuming. But yeah, go ahead. Go plug away. Oh, boy. Yeah. So happy pre-birthday, Sarah. Thank you. you. Um, Um, 
I mean, it was my birthday like less than a month ago, aren't you? And I was saying happy yeah, belated happy birthday. birthday. Oh, thanks, happy girl. Birthday. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're so sweet. I, I, um, there's a women's march. It's happening on Saturday. Yeah. It starts at 10 a.m. You might have heard about um, it. You may have heard of it. Uh, we are with Women's March. Um, but it begins at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. at the um, at MacArthur Square on the side of Milwaukee County Courthouse. Um, we moved... We moved around the corner just so that it would um, we could accommodate a large group. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we will be rallying there. We'll be marching to the Wisconsin Center from there. Mm-hmm. And once we're at the Wisconsin Center, we will have food, fun, and fellowship and fundraising um, oh, for yeah. the afternoon. And um, we'll have the opportunity to hear some some longer longer speeches um, and some longer like workshops from um, some of the women um, whose groups will be represented um, as in this event yeah yeah definitely so bring your wallets yeah and and your enthusiasm for democracy yes yeah. <laughs> also yes. shout out to Planned Parenthood yeah shout out for to showing up they've, they've as been usual helping us out. Um, they've been spotting us yeah we've we've had a lot of we've had a lot of help and along the way like we've met some really amazing people and some amazing groups for um, real. like I know you black will be there uplifting mm-hmm. black um uh, Oh my God, I'm so tired. Uplifting, uplifting Black Liberation and Community. Um, Marquesa Tucker um, will be yes. talking. Um, she's one of the leaders of that group. So um, that whole that bunch group of other there. Cool people. Yeah, oh, vo- like, voices, um, voices de la Frontera um, will be there. there. So yeah, we have we have so many great groups and so many great partnerships. And, uh, Urban Underground's coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's yeah. going to be lit, guys. It is. And it's going to be like women of color led and driven. Yes. And... Yeah, like you want you want to know how you support women of color. Yeah, you bring your money. Bring your money. Mm-hmm. You show up and yeah, you bring your money. And your listening ears. Listening ears are yes. important. <laughs> your listening ears. And you take that word, reverse racism, and you drown it. You don't bring it. It's not a word. It's not a thing. You don't say it. There's no such thing as reverse racism. Never say it. <laughs> there is no such thing as reverse racism. Or sexism. Cool. Or true. All right. Cool. Well, thank you all so much for listening. I've been Daniel Johansson. I continue to be Maureen Smith. If you want to keep up with what we are up to, there are a lot of ways that you can do that. First, you can head to scopymag.com. That's our website. We post all of our podcasts, articles, and all of our good, 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 that sweet, sweet content uh, over there. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> keep, sorry. It's the worst thing I'm that's sorry. ever happened to me. I am sorry to everybody here. Um, <laughs> you can to, otherwise, you can keep up with us on social media. On Facebook, that's Scoffy Magazine. On Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, Google Play, Radio Public, and iTunes Podcasts, that is Scoffy Mag. And we spell it S-C-A-P-I-M-A-G. And as always, I'm here to emphasize the importance of donations. We run on a shoestring budget. Everything that we've been able to do up to this point has been through your generosity. So first of all, thank you so much. Second of all, we could use a little bit more help. If you're in a position to give, you can head to our website, scopymag.com, and go to our donate section. There are a couple ways that you can give. First of all, you can do a one-time donation. If you choose to do that, you'll have our eternal gratitude. Otherwise, for as little as $5 a month, you can help support our mission of uplifting local arts and independent media. If you want to give on a higher level or are interested in advertising opportunities, please feel free to email us at scopymag at gmail.com. So, give a little, give a lot, and if you can't give, then listen, participate, and share. Cool. Thanks again so much for listening. Go out and make something. Yep.